Welcome, everybody, to the GBO Podcast, where we're talking Gamecock basketball only. Brought to you by Modern Exterminating. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm Bryce. And this week, we are joined by our friend from the Gamecock Pod Daily, Keith Alsep. Keith, how you doing today? Guys, it's been a great weekend for Gamecock basketball. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Well, I certainly would not have thought that after getting roasted at home by Ole Miss, you would go to Oxford and win, but a great win for Lamont Paris and his team, 64-61, to 61, a huge day from Jacoby Wright, 6 of 9 and 3 of 5 from distance. And today, in the words, the immortal words of Roy D. Mercer, Carolina opened up a 40-gallon drum of whoop-ass and poured it all over Kim Mulkey, Angel Reese, and LSU, 88-64, total domination. What was more surprising, Keith? Um, Kim Mulkey not wearing a glittered pantsuit or the Gamecocks winning in Oxford? Oh, well, I guess since it was uh... – the, the back K day with the pink, uh, clearly winning in Oxford even takes the cake over Kim not, you know, coming out uh, and sliding down a stripper pole for her entrance into Colonial Life Arena in some satiny, sequiny, gold and purple outfit. Who would have thought the Gamecock men are 13th in the league? They're not last. That goes to LSU. Who would have thought LSU be tanking? I, it's kind of wild. wild. It, it's it's kind of wild, man. Like, uh, like, like, especially since LSU has the guy that we wanted, you, you know, in Matt McMahon. But, and, well, Ray um, Tanner wanted. Ray Tanner wanted him at the last second. We knew that. I mean, we we wanted him too on the GBO. Like, like, like we're out there. And uh, it, it's kind of wild that, like, Lamont Paris is going to – is is doing better. Well, which is, <laughs> that's a hard thing to say that Lamont Paris is doing better. But, like, but, but he's doing better than Matt McMahon at LSU. Yeah, the streak's over for the men, but we got to lead off this show with the women. Keith, your thoughts on the game. Was it as loud and packed on TV as we were there? We couldn't even hear in the arena. Guys, I just don't think television can do packed out Colonial Life Arena any justice. I mean, it was loud. You, you could hear it. Um, but it's just not the same as being there in person like UConn in 2020 or Tennessee last year or today, especially when you come out you know, with almost a knockout punch, 18 to two run to start the game. I mean, at one point it sounded like the top might blow off of that place. And then when Bree Beal hits the dagger three at the buzzer to, to end the third quarter, all that was left was for Camila Cardoso to completely impose her will. I mean, you know, second half domination 
Camila Cardoso, 16 points on six of seven from the field, four of four from the free throw line, and three block shots in 13 minutes. And Bree Beal does what Bree Beal does. In the second half, Alexis Morris, just four of 14 from the field. And guys, when's the last time a starting point guard of Alexis Morris's caliber goes an entire game without a single assist. I thought that was huge. Well, she was taking our girls off the dribble so much. I mean, she was one of the most dominating driving point guards and creating her own shot. I've seen in a long time. She kind of could do what she wanted something in that first half. I, I mean, we put two or three different girls on her in that first half. Couldn't slow her down. Yeah. So like, like, we came out and like punched LSU in the mouth in the first quarter. And then Morris got them back in the game. Like, like kudos, kudos to that, to, to that player. She really brought LSU back into the game. They could have rolled over and died right there in the first, at, towards the end of the first quarter. And uh, she gets them back in the game. She's got like 15 points at like the five minute mark of the first quarter. And then Dawn switches Bree onto her. And I think she finishes with 21. You know, Who like, that? like, Who called yeah. it? I, I mean, us, like, like, like us, we are, we, we are as big a Bree Beal fan as there, as there exists. And, um, and today was, today was a Bree Beal, was a Bree Beal special. Like, uh, like she was hitting threes. She, she made a couple of plays. She drove to the basket a couple of times, especially in that first quarter when we punched them in the mouth, she went on her own 6-0 run. And, uh, and, and it, was, it, it was awesome. Well, Angel Reese, the streak of double-doubles is over. She only had four rebounds. What's more shocking, Keith? She only had four rebounds? Or I think she only finished with 16 points, but I think about six to eight of those were in garbage time. Really, in the fourth quarter, South Carolina put Aaliyah Boston on her. They caught a couple of chippy little fouls. She got away with a massive push-off on Boston to get the only field goal she scored on her. But I think the story of the second half on defense is Bree Beal because Morris had 15 points at the half, only second or in the second half, only eight points. And, you know, you go from at halftime, you're up 42 to 32, and you just blow it open in that fourth quarter. Uh, Gamecocks in the fourth quarter were just unbelievable. 10 of 13 from the field and five for six of that from Camila Cardoso. We hold LSU to one three-pointer. Yeah. Morris was averaging three a game. Yeah, and none after the first quarter. I mean, the none. defense was there all day, and you know what? We weren't shooting well early. We were shooting in the 30s. Even after that initial, you know, we shot well to start the game, but toward the end of the first and the second, I think we got around down 33 34%, and the defense was there all day. 
but then we finished the game shooting 57%. You ain't going to beat the Gamecocks when they shoot 50-plus at home with that defense. I mean, I guess there was, what, three or four um, block party shots that, like, the crowd got so loud you couldn't even hear the refs blow the whistle that the ball was out of bounds because the place erupted every time we blocked LSU. So for the game, South Carolina shoots 57% guys, but in the second half, 62.1%, 18 of 29, one of two from three and the Gamecocks after starting just eight of 18 from the free throw line, they finish 16 of 28 and hit nine of 13 in the second half, which is, you know, kind of on average 69, 70% on the season. But, you know, I mean, at one point less than 50%, and that's what was keeping LSU in the game, quite frankly. I mean, it should, instead of 10 at the half, it should have been 15 or 16 points if we're making free throws we're we beat them by 35 plus it wouldn't even have been yeah, i mean at game. least 30 yeah. yeah at least 30 this game was over in, in the first quarter and then we started missing free throws and 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 it allowed morris to get them back into it um well, a couple of things about that first quarter People have been complaining from time to time. Like, I, I don't know why you could complain about this team because all they do is win, you know. But uh, but people have been complaining they get off to slow starts, that, that, that sometimes they don't shoot the ball well. And a lot of times we talk about, oh, God bless the people. Um, God bless the teams that face us when we decide to shoot the ball well and get off to a fast start. And that was LSU today. Like, God bless them. We we got off to a fast start. We hit them in the mouth. And I want, especially in that first quarter, Zaya Cook, she's been up and down this season, but but big time. And she she was getting the ball and she was just like, I'm taking it to the basket. And just like, I'm just taking it at you. It's why they got into foul trouble. And it's why we got our lead. And she was hitting the layups, and uh, and just Zia Cook was the best player on the court today. Keith, she was better than Morris. She was better than Reese. She was better than Boston. Keith, you mentioned that UConn 2020 game. Do you have a little reminiscing of the start of this game, kind of like that start against UConn where we were up 18-2? to two. I know they ended up scoring points late, but it looked like a replica start of that UConn game back in 2020. Yeah, I mean, guys, this team was locked in. They've been waiting. And plus, like you, I've always thought in the back of my mind, and, and we talked about it on the Worldwide Wednesday show, I think, you know, we picked by like 15 or 17, but said well, I really wouldn't be surprised if we beat them by 25. Bryce, I think you said that. Yeah. And uh, the final margin is 24. And if they hit some free throws, it's 30. Uh, but this team was locked in, and and Sumter, like you said, it was cookie monster today. Okay, nine points, four of six in the first quarter. I mean, she had it going. Eleven points in the first half, not as much from her in the in the second quarter, which again kind of got 
uh, LSU back in the game. South Carolina just seven of 17 in the second quarter, but you had Boston with a big quarter. Then there were some minutes when Dawn was resting the starters where you kind of wondered where's the offense coming from when you got Saxton, L.A., Fletcher, uh, Beal out on the court. But Camila Cardoso, like I said, she came to life. And, guys, Gamecocks place five players in double figures today. I thought – uh, Sumter, I'll, I'll agree to disagree with you. I thought Zia Cook was really good, but I thought Camila Cardoso was the most dominant player on the court. Seven of nine from the field, four of four from the free throw line, 13 rebounds, three block shots in 21 minutes. I mean, Keith, she her, was monstrous. Her footwork to get in position between every time we got the ball at the free throw line or the top of the key. They just lobbed it in in that third and fourth quarter, and she caught and put it up. I want to say that she was like six or seven in just in the fourth quarter alone on layups. She was locked in. And then when she was at a weird angle near the bottom of the bottom right of the um, the board, she would hang in the air and just kiss it off the glass. I mean, she was as, as, as dominant or maybe more dominant than Boston today. Yeah. I and, thought so. And- and and the other thing that she did, she ended the game. Like like the fourth quarter started, they were still they, they were still trying. They were still trying to make a run, cut it to single digits, and and there's a stretch in the fourth quarter where like every possession down the down the court, we, we just lobbed it into her, and she just caught it. And it didn't matter where she caught it; she just laid it right in, just right in. She under the basket, no angle. Up, oh, I'm scoring. You know, like it didn't, it didn't matter. And Keith, you are right. I might have been premature saying Cook was the best player on the floor. Cook got us started. Noah Cardoso closed that out, and and it was and, and it was a sight to see. Yeah, and I loved what South Carolina did uh, with the with the action of the double low because you had Boston down there, and she was drawing a double. Okay, and Cardoso was on the other side of the lane, and they just threw it up to her in single, and she just dropped it right in. Uh, but Bree Beal, 11 points, seven rebounds, four assists from her in 36 minutes, and she completely dominated uh, her defensive matchup. And then Raven Johnson, 10 points, five of seven, from the field, three assists and just a single turnover in 21 minutes. Five players in double figures, and we really hadn't even talked about Leah Boston, who was one rebound shy of a double-double, 14 points, five of nine, uh, you know, four of six from the free throw line, nine rebounds, two assists, three block shots. In 31 minutes, she was plus 19. But Brie Beal led the team at plus 26. I mean, Boston, just just her defensive presence, Sumter, even if she didn't have a breakout points rebound game, her presence down low, LSU was a little scared to go into Boston. You saw Reese a couple times come at her, and Boston said, no, sir. 
Oh God, that was that, it. Was just wonderful. Reese, that there were a couple times where they were still trying to hang tough. Boston just put it to her, like like she just she she just put it to her and 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 just Reese didn't have an answer. Um, she ends up with a decent stat line, you, you know, a, a stat line that's similar to Boston, but she wasn't the player that Boston was today. Uh, Keith, going back to Bree Beal, one thing I want to say about her is that I remember in like the UCLA game. A, a, a couple of the out-of-conference games and the and the South Dakota State game, she had a great defensive game. And uh, there was a lot of chatter about how well she had been playing. And there was a lot of chatter about how if she ever develops a three-point shot, she'll be a top-ten pick in, the, in, in, like, the WNBA draft. Everybody's just saying how if she can make a three, the sky's the limit. Y'all, in SEC play, in, in SEC play – from three, Bree Beal is 13 for 30, shooting 43% from three. And and like and both threes that she hit today were big. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, Bree Beal on the spot up, she was money. The the three to close out the, the third quarter was just a dagger. For LSU, they had blown a chance to get it down to 10 or 11, and then she pushes it up to 16, I believe, with the, with that three to end the quarter. And, I mean, just every, every single player was locked in. I mean, there's not many games, guys, where we see five players in double figures, especially in a, a big game of this magnitude. It's more like two or three, um, but today South Carolina was just locked in. You know, the fans were there, and like I said, there were several times it just felt like the top, you, you could hear it on TV, like the top was getting ready to come off of that place. Ticket prices, Sutter, you and I were talking before the game. You were talking to some LSU fans that some, paid some pretty pennies for some tickets. Yeah, it, I, I was at- – my wife and I are at a bar just, just getting a drink before the game. And, it, and an LSU fan is talking about how he had just bought a ticket and, uh, and it was just for general admission. And he told me that my, he, he like looked at my tickets and he, and he told me I could get 750 bucks for them right now, which is just, that's, that's unbelievable to me for a women's basketball game. I almost thought about like trying to sell it to the scalpers and seeing if they really wouldn't give me that much money. You know, if they really wouldn't give me like 400 bucks for them, but it was raining and cold. So I just ran into the room. I mean, you, I'm assuming that's more money you get for the men's tickets. Is that fair to say? Yeah, Bryce with these, with these tickets, we could have paid for our women's season and men's season basketball tickets. It's just by selling them. That's what they were going for today, which is just unreal. Like, like credit to Dawn Staley, what she's built at, at the university. And, uh, and and it's also a credit that this fan base is hungry for basketball. This fan base loves basketball. This fan base is hungry for basketball. Even in the rain. And even coming even through the, the rain. rain. Even, even not being able to find a parking spot. Like, like this fan base – 
loves basketball and there is a market for it. And Don Staley's found it and it's, it, it's awesome. Like, like the best seal, the best games in the history of the colonial life arena. All right. Have been women's basketball games. I mean, if you take away that Kentucky Downey game, maybe a couple Kentucky games with the men, the women have, I would say at least seven out of the 10 best games at the CLA. But, but, but as far as like attendance goes, even those Kentucky games with the men, you, you know, 25% of that is Kentucky fans. Sure. <laughs> Some, sometimes, sometimes 50% of that is Kentucky fans. They start the chant, Keith. You've seen, you've been to those games, I'm assuming, where they got more fans than us and they start the chants and you're like, is this a home or away game? Too many times, guys. And I'm going to tell you why is because at Kentucky, the season tickets are like they allow you to pass them down to family members. And so most of those fans that travel for Kentucky men's basketball games are fans that cannot get a ticket in Rupp Arena. I mean, think about that. It's probably cheaper than our season tickets for them to buy one game and have a whole season ticket package just to go to one game. Think about that. That's probably true. I mean, that's kind of like what you're talking about today. I mean, when I was a member of the NABC and would go to the Final Four and we would get tickets, I mean, the the last thing you were doing was going to the games because – Normally you could get nine hundred, a thousand bucks, and that was hell. That was in the previous century. You could get that much. I, I can only imagine what a, a book for the semifinals and then the Monday night final uh, would get you now. Especially, you know, if you had uh, Kentucky, Wisconsin, who has one of the most rabid basketball fan bases in the country. You know, and, and uh, uh, Duke you know, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I mean, 750 bucks. I mean, that, that, that's normally like what a Yukon fan would pay at a final four when they don't have their tickets to see them win a national championship. I mean, that, that, that is a statement. I mean, this women's basketball fan base it is second to none. There is not another fan base of another sport that supports their team like the fans. I mean, look, even under Tubby Smith, okay, my my prep school team, we had been to Lexington to play in a Christmas tournament up there. And Tubby's youngest son was a freshman they were in the state championship game and he was a JV. They just brought him up for the playoffs and they're getting Lexington Catholic finished runners up and their tubby. They lose to Syracuse in the sweet 16 tubby flies back on a private plane to get there to see his son play. And he walks out for the medal presentation and big blue nation is dropping in bombs. I got that directly from the head coach at Lexington Catholic. They wow. were booing Tubby Smith for his 14-year-old son getting a state runner-up 
medal at midcourt. Okay. I don't ever uh, conceive that happening with Don Staley. Well, I don't think anyone's ever booed Don. I'll, definitely not at home for sure. But the game, the women win. They're 25 and 0, 12 and 0 in conference. There's no one with them. LSU's now back a game. What a start for the women this year. But you know what? The streak continues. What is that? 31? I think that's 31. 31 in a row. So we'll see if they keep that coming. But um, Keith, on our show, we like to do a modern exterminating. We know what bugs you, bugging us this week. Is there anything bugging you with the women, or do you have no complaints on the women today? So there is one thing bugging me. What's that? Okay. When Boston catches the ball in the circle in the middle of the floor, get the hell out of the way. Don't, Victoria Saxton, don't start trying to post up and and Bree Beal going down there, bringing four bodies into the lane. Let the best player in the country take her player off the dribble one-on-one. That's what's bugging me. That's what South Carolina did with Asia Wilson. When she got the ball in the middle of the floor, the lane, it was wide open one-on-one. They're not the same, but Aaliyah Boston, very crafty off the dribble and probably better post moves, quite frankly. Great footwork. And that's the only thing that's bugging me about this team is I'd like to see them, if they run a ball screen or put her in isolation, when she catches the ball in the circle in the middle of the floor, just get out of the way, man, and let the best player in the country do her thing. And we wouldn't, you know, I mean, we didn't expect Saxton to come back, like we mentioned on the last pod, that like that's hurting minutes from Fagan, who supposedly is the best download post player. Didn't that? I think that was said a few times in press conferences. And then you have Amahair. I mean, give her more minutes, but no, Saxton, she's, she's, you know, she's earned her spot. But you're right, Keith. It's, uh, at a certain point, I'm curious to see if Dawn, I know she likes to stick with her same starting five a lot. I'm curious to see if it gets into close games and the SEC tournament or the um, NCAA tournament to see if he, she actually changes that lineup. But for me, though, the free throws, I know we ended the game okay, but during the game, just when you miss 10 free throws almost in the first half, you just want to – I mean, I think it was until the fourth quarter until we made back-to-back free throws. And when they go up there to shoot free throws, I only expect them to make one out of two. Is that bad? I think that's the only thing I can say about the women is a free throw. Can Don hire a free throw coach? We wouldn't even be in close games. We would be even these games. We only win by five to 10 A few games. We have small leads. I mean, those are 20 point wins. If you're making free throws, Sumter, what's bugging you this week? Anything on the women? I, I, I think you said nothing on the women's bugging me. Like I've said all season, they can do whatever they want to. If they keep winning, I'm good. You know, like they want to shoot 20% from the floor. That's fine. They don't want to make a free throw. That's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now. Uh, we were what? 16 for 28 from, from the line. Y'all, if we had gone 0 for 28, we still win by, we still win by six. So, you know, like nothing's bugging me. I love these women. 
and uh, and and just it, until they lose a game, nothing's gonna ever be bugging me about them. They they can win however they want to. Well, well let's jump to the men. The men, shocking. The eight-game losing streak is over. They win at Oxford. I mean, that's back-to-back wins in Oxford. I don't know if you remember last Valentine's Day when James Reese hits the half-court shot to win it. We beat Ole Miss, and I think it's fair to say that um, Kermit, I call him Kermit the Frog, their coach, Coach Kermit, he's probably fired at the end of the year. He's been hanging on for dear life, so I'm surprised they brought him back. But, Keith, your thoughts on the Carolina men's three-point win over Ole Miss? I do remember that James Reese midcourt shot. I think it was – it was it might have even been in overtime. I had to – I was watching the game at a late dinner with my wife. I had the game on my phone at the Valentine's Day dinner. I got a little bit of crap for that. But we get the uh. win. Yeah, though that that's uh on the on the list of things not to do if you want to get your number called on Valentine's Day. But well, I mean, coming down the stretch, guys, Sumter, I mean, we're down five, 55-50. And with like three or four minutes ago, are you saying this game's over? Usually we don't come back late in games. Yeah, like like it it felt like it was going to be one of these other games, you know, we've had three or four of them this season where like we're in them and we just can't, and we just can't bring enough to the table. And, uh, you know, that, that ended up not being the case. I mean, Michi taking over games late. And I think Hayden Brown heard me complaining about him on the, on we were on Keith's pod that he couldn't finish. The guy finished all week and probably had his best two games back-to-back games all year. We lose to Missouri by nine during the week, but we get the win and we close. I mean, is it great just to see the guys have growth of closing a game and controlling the game in the last minute and winning? I mean, and then Jacoby Wright, is it? I know, I know he's had a couple breakout games this year. You know, Keith, you mentioned that Georgia game. He had all those threes, but Jacoby Wright hits the big three late. It, I mean, I, I was shocked. I didn't expect us to come back to win, and we get the win. Keith, what were your initial thoughts? Jacoby hits that three. Well, guys, unfortunately, I was at a four-and-a-half-hour big-time high school baseball scrimmage on Saturday. But looking back at it, with 6.59 to go, it's 55-50 Ole Miss. And the Gamecocks close it out 14 to six to win the game you know Michi hits some free throws down the stretch but I did see the highlight of Jacoby Wright knocking down the big three with 44 seconds to go to put the Gamecocks up 61 to 59 and I think that just had to stun the crowd in Oxford I mean When's the last time Lamont Paris had a better week than Rick Barnes? <laughs> I mean, think about that. Buzzer beaters. Rick Barnes gets beat twice this week on buzzer beaters, one by Van, one by Vanderbilt, and then yesterday, like a mid-court heave by Missouri to went to knock off the Vols. A rare great week for Lamont Paris getting an SEC road win. Now the challenge is, can they get one at home? 
Yes, that is the challenge. Like, it's been so weird. This team didn't lose at home in out-of-conference play, and they've only lost at home in SEC play. And, like, getting the win at home, like, we, we need to run off a couple of these. Like, like this team is coming together, and, and, um, and they're playing better than they were. We need to win one of these games at home that are coming up. I mean, that's three straight games for them, That it, the games under 10 after all those blowouts that we are a part of. So, I mean, I know that's – I mean, that's growth. I know that doesn't sound great, but being in games late and having the team have a chance to grow with this team, I mean, I think that's a good sign. You got Vandy coming in on Tuesday, which is a winnable game. I just hope their tall Iowa-looking center – doesn't have the game of his life again and push people around. But I think Josh Gray has come on to his own. We're not going to talk about his free throw shooting in the Ole Miss game, but that guy, I think he's realizing that he's the biggest guy coming off the bus. And hopefully we can, can we say shock Vandy on Tuesday? I mean, sure. We can say shock Vandy. Vandy Vandy has us penciled in as a win on their schedule. So we can say that as well. Tuesday, can we say this team can shock Gamecock basketball nation by winning two games in a row in SEC play? Like, like that's that's totally doable. And, um, Bryce, one thing I want to talk about, because we've been giving the Gamecocks a ton of crap about this all season. Like, awesome. the, the, the theme of the modern exterminating, we know what bugs you, has been free throw shooting. Right. And it hasn't been good. It's been it's been historically bad. However, in SEC play, do you know what Michi Johnson is shooting from the free throw line? Seventy five percent. He is twenty nine for thirty two. Ninety percent. He just needs to drive. And no, don't get me wrong. I either want him shooting a 30 footer or a driving layup. Keith, you take anything in between there, or those you go with those two? No, I think he's either he's either shooting a three or he's trying to get to the rack. I mean, guys, I'll say this, right? Like, Vandy at home is a winnable game. At LSU, they're the worst team in the league I just wonder if it's the Frank Martin factor with Trey Hannibal being in the locker room. I mean, he's a good kid and a good player. That that's unfair. But I mean, Frank's having a predictably horrendous uh, year at UMass. Four game losing streak. I think he's second to last in a ten. And so you look at it. You got Vanderbilt at LSU and then you got that Georgia game at home the final final game of the regular season I mean I didn't have five SEC wins for this team I thought they'd be lucky to get past two and I'm not saying they will but they got three great opportunities for a win for for wins to potentially uh get to five SEC wins I mean, how about a buzzer beater against Tennessee? I'd take one of those, too. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I mean, you, you got – after LSU, you got Alabama and then at Tennessee back-to-back. Back. 
Brutal. And, and that's going to be the Rick Barnes revenge tour after these buzzer beaters for their uh, NCAA seeding. Alabama may be the best team in the country. And let's face it, that's a team with a killer instinct. I mean, Keith, are you saying that we could go 2-0 and this week in men's basketball? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying there's a chance. Would that be a th- Sumter on your bingo card this year? The men having three SEC wins in a row? Is it, did you have that on your bingo card? Is it possible? I I will say this. I thought it was more likely we would win at Rupp than win three SEC games in a row. <laughs> Man, Kentucky <laughs> got destroyed by Georgia. Who would have saw that over the weekend? But I think Calipari, his his seat might be getting warm for his forever contract. Yo, it's it's possible. It's possible that a hundred percent of the coaches the University of South Carolina beats in SEC play will get fired this season. Like that is that is in the cards. <laughs> Calipari is not getting fired. He has like a thirty million dollar buyout. I actually heard the national TV announcers talking about it or the radio on Sirius XM. They were talking about there's no chance they're getting rid of him because of that ginormous buyout. But, guys, the game of the day yesterday, I got home in time to see Duke and Virginia and it is clearly evident that Mike Shashevsky is no longer walking the sidelines for the Dukies because their guy gets absolutely hammered on a dunk attempt right before the buzzer goes off. He clearly got fouled with like 0.2 seconds to go. They go to the review. The game is tied. If Coach K is on the sideline, that dude is getting two shots absolutely 100% of the time. Instead, they just say we're going to overtime. And the Wahoos scout them in overtime to get scout the Dukies, much to the dismay of Dickie V in getting the dub in Charlottesville. And, And Keith, like, what's crazy about this is that the, the the refs made the wrong call? Like they called the foul and they went to the review. And I believe I didn't watch it. I didn't watch this game live, but I've seen it and read about it today. And what happened is that they said that the foul occurred after time had expired, but while the ball was still in the air. And so, and and in the NCAA tournament rule, and like in the NCAA rule book. If the ball's still in the air and time has expired and a foul happens, the player gets foul shots. And and that's what they call. They went to the review. They wave it off. They don't like, – like the NCAA has had to issue an apology. And all I have to say is if Mike Shevsky's coaching that game, he doesn't leave the court. He, he one, knows the rule. And, two, he doesn't leave the court. Until he, until the refs know that rule and they give him his free throws. Yeah, somebody's probably making a phone call from uh, ACC headquarters and letting those guys know uh, that's Mike Shashevsky. The rule was improperly applied. Two shots. Everybody's 
away from the free throw line. The guy gets two shots. He makes one. The game's over. Yeah. And, and he and he would have made one. And then don't worry, guys. Don't shed a tear for Clemson. They're on a three-game losing streak, and they get beat by 20 against North Carolina. So sad. So Bryce. Sad. Bryce, this is exactly – well done. This is exactly how I want to close out this pod tonight. Clemson uh, sucks, and we know it. They just got a little run of the crap ACC. That, who would have thought the ACC is down? Yeah, and, and they got to play NC State, and they got to play Virginia, I think, before this is all said and done. They got like five games left. If they drop another one before those two ranked games, how much fun would it be if in this like – Clemson is back. Clemson's winning the ACC basketball season that we've had to endure listening to them. If that South Carolina win over them in in November ends up bouncing them out of the tournament, how much fun would that be? Almost as fun as 31 to 30. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Keith's bringing football to the GBO right now. What do I (laughs) – well, guys, that's the best way to end it. I mean, great weekend for the men's and women. Um, Keith, um, tell us about all our listeners about your show and your rebranding. And I think you guys are on YouTube now as well. So we will make our debut streaming on YouTube, streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook on Wednesday. Uh, you can go to the YouTube page. It's youtube.com backslash at Gamecock Pod Live. That way you'll get notifications on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, right after the Inside the Gamecocks podcast with uh, JC, Jamie Bradford, and Phil goes off. We will start live streaming. My special guest will be the dean of SEC podcasting. Michael W. Bratton, the host of that SEC podcast on the 22nd. Brad Crawford, national college football writer for 27 Sports, will join the show and a lot of hoops coming up as well. Gamecock Pod Daily, every single day, Monday through Friday, four days a week. That show's on Patreon. Uh, you can find us there. And then on Wednesday, formerly known as our Worldwide Wednesday show, will be streamed live on YouTube. Hopefully there's not too many complaints and my ugly mug doesn't uh, break the internet when we go live on Wednesday. Well, Keith, we're big fans of the show, and hopefully we can get on YouTube. Um, I don't think we look too bad, Sumter. We're pretty good, two good-looking guys. I think that's fair. Absolutely. It'd be a bit major improvement over my ugly mug, that's for sure. <laughs> well, Keith, thanks for joining the show. Big fans of you, and is it, we'll have you on the show anytime. If that means that the men and women together are winning games. Hey, yeah, Bryce, the good luck charm. This is when's the last time we did a pod of just pure happiness with with a where we had a Saturday Sunday win and a win. It it. It hadn't happened since in 2023, that's for sure. It hadn't happened since the men won at Rupp. I mean, that was – Yeah, but that was in the middle of the week. That was in the middle of the week. That's true. We had to go back to probably the December. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us again this week. Um, we'll uh, do it again next Sunday. And, Keith, you're welcome to come back anytime. Guys, the privilege is all mine. I've really been hyping your show up. I'm a huge fan. 
And uh, so I'm, I'm trying to get send a lot of people your way to uh, follow you on Twitter and then uh, go to their favorite podcasting app and hit subscribe on there to the GBO underscore podcast. Thanks, Keith. Sumter, close us out. Uh, great win today. Beating, beating LSU by 24. Go Cox, GBO out.